as we consider the road to His righteousness. We walk along that road every day. People watch us and they read us. And they make decisions about whether or not Jesus is real and alive in us. And so we come to this road that is so special because Jesus did many things on earth as an example to us. He wanted us to understand what we should do. There was to be no confusion whatsoever. But sometimes I look and I wonder how Jesus was able to get through the external and the internal complications and struggles of life on His way to the cross. For there were many distractions. None of them stopped Him. At the time of this passage here, Jesus was well on His way to the cross. His public ministry had ended. A crowd of people from many different places gathered for the Passover feast. The people in the crowd had many different opinions of Him. I call one situation that we've all experienced at one time or the other the Waffle House Syndrome. If you've ever walked into a Waffle House, when the door's opened, everybody looks at you, then they look back. They ignore you. And that's the way many times in life we experience things. People notice you, they recognize you, but beyond that, you know, you're just another face in the crowd. But the reality is, as a Christian, when you're noticed, they're looking at Jesus. Your life, your words, everything about you should echo the sentiment that you represent Christ. You know, these seekers came looking for Him. And they said, we would like to see Jesus. And there's no doubt that, that Andrew and Philip, they approached them because they had Gentile names and, and they seemed to be safe and, and they were approachable. And that was important because someone won't come and talk to you about Jesus unless you're approachable. And they were. Jesus did not answer their request directly. He very, he very seldom gave a straight answer. He often answered what you were thinking, not what you were saying. He said, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. What an important statement that is. The reality there is in the hour, the word hour in the Greek, aura, is a special word because what he was saying was, this is the season, this is the beginning of what I've come here for all along. I didn't come to this world just to meet people and gather them together. I came to die. And that, that is such a profound statement that, remember this, when we have a great leader or politician or uh, a movie star or someone that people notice, very often when they're going downward, when they're cast out, when they're ignored, where they're, they're no good anymore, they've lost their, their place in office, we say, oh, well, that died quickly. Jesus came to die. Not because he wanted to, but because he was in love with the Father. He was obedient. And the Father said, you will die for them. And he was willing to do that. He did for us what we could not do for ourselves. 
And he gave a realistic picture of that when he said that, that a grain of wheat has to go in the ground and die in order for it really to live and reproduce. And, and that's such a beautiful picture. But the reality is each and every one of us must die to ourselves. We must understand that what we do as a Christian is more important than what we do as a citizen or an employee or a person in our neighborhood or a member of our family. Because people are watching us and they want to see what happens to us, how we react. I'm glad you're here today. I'm thankful for that. I'd I had uh, put out a little blurb on uh, Facebook, and I said, you know, Selma burned to the ground during the Civil War just about, and the next day First Baptist met. And I said, we're, we're that way. Uh, I don't believe there's any safer place than you can be than worshiping your Savior. He said, forsake not the assembling together of yourself. And I believe that that's important. But we come together today to understand that our entire life is not about us, it's about Him. And we've got to die to ourselves. We've got to understand that He will undergird us through His Holy Spirit in such a way that we could not have the opportunities or open the doors that He will open for us. And I am so thankful for that. Now, you're saying, why is this important to me? In Jesus' struggle, he experienced many pressures. Even on his way to Golgotha to be crucified and to die. You would have thought that, that the evil one himself would have opened everything up and made a clear and easy way there, but no. We struggle for everything in life. And, and when God gives us his salvation, we, we ask for that gift and receive it within us, an amazing thing happens. We still struggle. We still have to fight. We still have to deal with, with the seasons of sadness and frustration and the battles and struggles of life that will be there. Because those are the things that build character in us. They establish whether or not we are really going to be the people that we want to be. I can remember way back in the 70s, uh, back when I was skinny and I ran all the time and played tennis, we had a neighbor who was in his 50s, and he would jog every day, and he had these, I thought they were the ugliest ankles that any human ever had, but they, they were five-pound sandbags that he would strap on his ankles and run with. And I asked him one day, I said, why do you do that? I mean, is there, is there a purpose or a benefit? And he said, yes, there is. He said, it's... it's simple to get out and run as long as your joints will move and you don't fall over you can you can run but he said resistance makes a difference resistance makes a difference now I found that out in high school uh, and I can remember the coach we had at Russell High School he would absolutely put everything in our way we would run the tires, and you know how they do that. And he would go out there before we came out on the field, and he would move them ever so slightly. Where they weren't where they had been for weeks. Because he said, I want you to be able to sense change and prepare for it and adjust for it. He, he was putting tension in our life purposely. Life will do that to you. Don't get frustrated. 
Take advantage of it because it's something that will prepare you for the kingdom of God. It will let other people know that, that you can survive things in this life. And you can go forward and serve Him. Now, amazingly, Jesus' battles and struggles were not very different than ours. The tempter is always tempting us to walk away, to give up, to cut short. Why read your Bible for 30 minutes every morning when you can read it for five minutes? Why read your Bible? Just read a devotional. Many times in life we are cheating ourselves out of the greatest blessings because we've convinced ourselves that we don't have time to do what we want to do. I promise you one thing, with, a, with a, the, the lack of sports going on right now, there are going to be some men that have a lot of free time. So ladies, take advantage of that in the next two weeks. ESPN will probably have a blank screen unless they're going to run reruns from many years ago. The reality is every opportunity we're given, we need to take and use it to the greatest of our ability. Our world's changed 180 degrees in the last few weeks. Our determination needs to be greater than ever to serve Him. When you're serving Him, you're going to be blessed and not distracted. When you're serving Him, you're going to make a difference in the world. And you're going to fulfill your purpose in such a way. And I'll tell you something. Nothing helps you sleep at night than, than being tired from serving Jesus all day long. He will give his beloved sleep, he tells us. And that is so important for us to understand. Now, I know you may say, nobody's seen the trouble that I've seen in life, and I've been through it. And dear friend, I understand. But we all will struggle at some point. It's how we respond to that struggle. For Jesus had a way of understanding that the accumulation of external pressures wears us down sometimes. Problems on the job and, and the ability to just get the energy to finish the week. TGIF is a, is a great saying, and it's true for many people, but sometimes Friday is not the end of your work week. But there are also internal pressures, and we struggle with them. And I promise you there's one way to deal with them. Prayer. Prayer. Give them over to God. Let Him. He's the one you can trust the most with all the problems in your life. You can share your burdens in a realistic way, and you can understand that He can lift them up off your shoulders. Not everybody can always be happy. I read back in 1835, there was a circus that was touring Europe. And they ended up in Florence, Italy. And... As they were performing there, there was a man who showed up from out of town, walked into a doctor's office and said, I've got a problem. I'm very depressed and I'm very sad. I don't know how I'm going to deal with, with life. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. And the doctor looked at him and he said, well, he said, we don't have a cure for that. But he said, I'll tell you what you can do. The circus is in town and said, I've been going to the circus. And he said, there is a clown there that is hilarious. One of the funniest people I've ever seen. He's called the great Grimaldi. And he said, he made me laugh. And I keep going back because laughter is a good medicine. You should try that. The man stood up, took his hat off, and he said, I am the great Grimaldi. 
and I'm the one struggling. You know, some of us put on a good face, but inside there may be a turmoil that's eating away at us, something that, 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 that we can't solve, an anxiety that just won't leave us. Dear people, let me tell you something. God never made us. He never built us to bear up things like that. We're to turn those over to Him. We've got much to do in our life. We need to be faithful to Him, and we can't be distracted in any way. But lastly, realize this. Jesus resolved the conflict, but He remained focused. What did He say? He said, Father, glorify Your name. Let me tell you something. God is going to use you in such an amazing way if you will make yourself available. If you will not put yourself at the center of your world, but you put Christ there, you'll be amazed at what he will do for you. I had a dear friend who had a toothache, and we were away at Sanford University for our little two-week session, and he could not find anybody that would see him and deal with that toothache. One day on the lawn in, in front of the building that we were meeting in, a young girl came up, and she was weeping, and he began to talk to her. And He kicked in preacher mode and began to talk to her, and she shared the burdens she was dealing with. He pulled his Bible out. He began to leaf through, and he shared some scriptures with her, and he prayed with her. Eventually, he showed up in class, and he walked in, and I leaned over, and I said, James, how's your toothache? You know what he said? He said, oh, I forgot about it. Sometimes in life, the way to avoid the things that distract us is to do the things Christ has called us to do. You know, our Lord gave us what I like to call glorified common sense. And many times, we'll be walking along worrying about something that involves us, and it's like he'll put a person in front of us or an opportunity to serve don't ever, ever be distracted from that. That's too important. That situation is there for a reason. Not just to help the person, but to change you. Jesus did not go away and hide from people. He received people. He spoke to people. He involved himself in their lives. And he understood the importance of that before his disciples. Because they were to leave that place once he went away to heaven and to make a difference. And you know what? They did. They did. The most flawed of disciples, Simon Peter being one, went forward to do great things. Many people have asked, what changed Simon Peter? Was it when he actually realized that Jesus had died and rose from the dead? I, I don't think it was that. I think that he knew in his head that he was, he was God. He understood that. He, he said just before Jesus' passion, he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He realized that. The problem was, when he was warming himself at the soldier's fire, he was warming himself at the soldier's fire. It was about Simon Peter. And suddenly, he went back into self-mode. And he forgot about what he was called to do. 
Dear people, if you can follow Jesus every day for three years and suddenly get distracted, all of us can be distracted. Don't let those distractions take your life over. Don't let them pull you away from what you're supposed to do because that is too important. Jesus resolved conflict and had focus on what he was to do. He never lost touch with it. And I pray that as you go forward, you will do that. Over these next days and weeks, life will go on. But your faith may be called to support someone that does not have that kind of strength. Someone that does not have that vision that's focused as yours is to be. Be strong for them. Don't have casual talk with them. Don't banter around the, 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 the rumor mill statements. Be a person of faith. Express what you believe and who you trust. Encourage people. That's a rare commodity. The encourager is the best person around. And make sure that you let people know there's hope in this world. Now that's the reason... On Facebook last night, I put a statement on there, and some of my friends back in Georgia thought I was crazy. They said, what are you talking about, Selma burning? I said, well, Selma actually burned in 1865, and some of you don't know this, but our church, our original church, sat where the courthouse annex is now. We literally were, were within 15 feet of the armory, the beginning of the armory, that went all the way down the Alabama River. Almost a hundred different industries were lined up there that were building armaments from pistols to sabers to the great Brook Rifle Cannon. They were all burned. Now, amazingly, churches all over Selma were burned and bombarded, and First Baptist was not. And the Union soldiers came to First Baptist to worship the day after they had brought the city down. When people asked me, and we have a tour through here, they said, well, why did they do that? I said, well, we're trying to get some of General Wilson's money back. He'd stolen from us. We passed the offering plate, but we didn't. We worshiped because there was something even larger looming than the burning of Selma. It was a faith in a God who can save you from the problems of this life. And the members of this church and the Union soldiers found a common bond and they worshipped. And that's why we're here this morning. What we do is too important for us to be distracted. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He will never ever let you down let us pray father we thank you that your holy word guides us safely to where we are to be we thank you that your son loved us and spoke boldly about truth lord i thank you that jesus did not mince his words we're not confused about what we are to do faithfulness is the key word in our faith we must not only trust you, Lord, but we must be faithful in a response to what you have done for us. And I pray that you would speak to anyone today who wants to be closer to you. Someone that 
has been praying and saying, I, I, I want to grow in, in you, Lord, but I don't know how. Well, it's very simple. You not only pray to him, but you listen. We call listening to God guidance. And his Holy Spirit will lead us. And, and Lord, we, we pray that you would guide someone even now. That they would hear your voice. And they would respond. And Lord, if the need in someone's life is to, to make a public statement of faith. May that happen today. And if your Holy Spirit is guiding someone to join this church. And to come be a part of what we're doing here. What we've been doing for 178 years is Baptist in Selma, Alabama. Father, speak to them even now. And Lord, if there's someone here who has fear, may they pray and understand that that perfect love from you casteth out fear. It will overcome anything that we could be afraid of. Father, speak to someone. Give them the encouragement that their faith has not failed them, neither have you, and therefore they should focus on what you are doing in their life. God, Bless us now as we sing this invitation. For it's in your holy name we do pray. Amen.